You are listening to Message Rewind from Discovery Church. The theme verse, we said it last week, is found in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. And it says this, Now faith is being confident of what we hope for, convinced about things we do not see. I want to read one more verse to you and then, then I'll pray and, and we'll jump into it. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 17. For those of you that don't know, Hebrews chapter 11 is really, uh, it's known as the hall of faith. And so it's, it's about all these men and women who, who lived by faith. Um, and, and so uh, verse 17, it was by faith that Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice when God was testing him. Isn't that interesting that God was testing him? Uh, Abraham, who had received God's promises, was ready to sacrifice his only son, Isaac. Even though God had told him, Isaac is the son through whom your descendants will be counted. Verse 19, Abraham reasoned that if Isaac died, look at this faith, that God was able to bring him back to life. This morning I want to talk to you from the subject, faith in the middle. Faith in the middle. Let's pray one more time. Father, we love you. God, we thank you for what you're doing already in our midst. Holy Spirit, we acknowledge you. We thank you that, uh, as Jesus, you said in your word, that the seed, the word, is only as good as our heart. And so, Father, right now, we ask that you would just, uh, God, give our heart good ground so when the seed falls, that it would produce a harvest. God, not for our own benefit, so that we can change the world around us. And God, this morning I want to give a special uh, prayer up to you, God, and uh, with the 49ers. And, and God, we thank you that they are your team. And that, uh, God, that even though it's on the East Coast, come on, you're still with them. And so we love you. We thank you for a good report. In Jesus' name. Come on, all the Niners fans say, amen. I think we're just going to end right there. Praise God. Uh, thank you. Uh, so marriage. I want to talk to you about marriage just briefly because I think marriage is, uh, the wedding specifically is, is, is something that is very interesting in that most people, when they get married, they can't wait for it to start, the ceremony. And they can't wait for it to end so they can go, right? Like, beginning in an end. What I think we don't spend a lot of time on is that place in the middle, the ceremony, the hanging out with friends and family. And so I was thinking about this, how, how the wedding, uh, there's a beginning, there's an end. Like, we all want it to start. We all want it to finish. Come on, especially if you're a raised Christian, you just want to go. And, uh, and then there's this middle section, right? Like, and so I remember for our wedding, um, I, was, I could not wait. I could not wait for the ceremony to start. I remember waking up that morning and just like, what am I doing? What am I doing? What am I doing? Like, I was like, I was freaking out. My wife's here, so um, hi, babe. Yeah. <laughs> And, um, and, and so I was like, man, I just, I just wanted it to get started. 
I want, I, like, I was, I was nervous. I was excited. I just wanted the thing to get started. Finally, the wedding started. Once the wedding started, no joke, I just wanted the ceremony to end. Come on, somebody. I, I just wanted to leave and go home with my bride and watch a movie. And so, though it started, I wanted it to finish. And I was so focused on the finish mark that there were things in the middle that I missed out on. We got back from our wedding. We looked at all of our pictures uh, of, of the wedding. And we were like, oh, I didn't know they were there. Right? Like, I didn't know they showed up. There was a picture of, like, the, the food table. And I was like... We had food at the wedding, right? Like, it, it was, it was, like, I was, I had, I paid no attention to what happened in the middle. I was focused on the beginning. I was focused to get to the end. So apparently, like, we had this amazing cake at our wedding, okay? We, uh, we had an ice cream cake at our wedding, okay? And so I know you're like, ugh, ice cream cake, that's ugh. But it was amazing, okay? Like, it was from Cold Stone, and uh, there was like, it was like a three-tier, four-tier cake. It was beautiful. I don't remember tasting it. <laughs> I had people come to me and say, John, that was the best wedding cake I've ever tasted. I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't taste it. I missed it. And I remember just thinking like, oh, I don't remember anything. And everyone told me, John, pay attention. Just enjoy the moment. It's going to go by fast. And I'm like, whatever. It went by so quick. And so I'm sitting there just like, I don't remember anything about the middle of the wedding. I remember my emotions at the beginning. I remember my emotions at the end. Hello. I don't remember it in the middle. See, this morning I want to talk to you about the middle because I think that the middle is very vital to your and my faith. See, let me, let me say it this way. If faith was a journey, there's a beginning part, there's an end part, and then there's a middle part. And I think for a lot of us, we... we uh, like, we love the beginning part of the faith, right? Like, we love it when, when God, like, we feel like God has, has shown us something and, and has told us something and, 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 in fact, maybe promised us something. Like, we love the beginning stage. We can't wait for the finish stage. We can't wait till God finally shows up and responds the way that he told us he would. But I think if we're honest, for a lot of us, we don't take advantage of the middle. And I want to share with you this morning that I believe there's something for us in the middle. Dare I say that the middle is a crucial spot, a crucial stage to your faith, to growing in all that God has for you and what he's promised for you. And so the text that we read at the beginning in Hebrews chapter 11, 
uh, when it talked about Abraham, it was basically a synopsis of, of a story that we read in Genesis chapter 22. And so if you're unfamiliar with the story, great news because I'm just going to give you a little a snippet of what's taken place. Uh, in Genesis chapter 2, it's a story of, well, in fact, it starts in Genesis chapter 16, but it's a story of this family, uh, this man named Abraham and, this, and his wife named Sarah. And Abraham and Sarah, uh, they, they, Abraham, he gets an encounter from God, and God, he, he brings Abraham out to, to this ledge, and he tells Abraham to look in the sky. And God's like, Abraham, do you see all the stars in the sky? Abraham's like, yeah, yeah, I see it. God said, all, as many stars as are in the sky, that's your, how many descendants you will have. And in that moment, the start of the promise, the start of the faith journey for Abraham began. Now here's the problem. We know because we, as we read in the text that uh, Abraham and Isaac, though it sounded really cool that he would have all the descendants, as, as many as there are in the, the stars in the sky, the only problem was Abraham and Sarah, the text says, I didn't say this, the text says that they were super duper old. Like, they were so old that when God was like, hey, you're going to have a baby, Sarah, the text actually says that she laughed. She was like, ah, it's not happening, right? Because we know how babies are made, right? And so it's just not happening. And, um, and, and so, so here, here they are, they're, 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 they're like, well, I'm old, I can't have a baby, you're old, you can't give me a baby. And so they, they do what a lot of us do when, when we're waiting for God to show up. They try to do things on their own. And so they came up with this crazy plan. Sarah was like, hey, Abraham, I have my, my maid servant. Why don't, I can never have a baby, so why don't you have a baby with my maidservant? The text is really funny because it almost implies like Abraham's like, well, if I have to, right? Like, <laughs> and um, you should read it. It's in there. And, um, and, and so she, or excuse me, uh, the maidservant has this baby, but it doesn't fulfill what God had promised Abraham. In fact, it caused drama. In fact, it caused a lot of toil and a lot of torment and a lot of pain. Dare I say that when we try to do things on our own, when we try to take God's promise and try to rush him and try to make it fit in our own desire, in our own way, that it messes things up. And so here, here is Abraham and Sarah. They now have a baby. Uh, he now has a baby with his servant. His wife is now mad. She's like, Abraham, why did you do that? He's like, you told me to, <laughs> right? Like, and and so, so here they are. And then all of a sudden, okay, all of a sudden, Sarah becomes pregnant. And they're excited. She has the baby. Her son's name, the baby that they, she has, his name is Isaac. And so now Abraham, Sarah, and Isaac are together. As a family. And yet, even though Isaac is there, that is still not the finished product of the promise that God had for Abraham. Okay? So, 
God had, had, had said something at the beginning. The finish has not yet happened. And so really, the story where we're taking up right now, it's found in the middle. And there's a couple of things that I want to show you that, that, uh, that happens in the middle that sometimes we just don't like, we don't care for. But the first thing that, that takes place when we are in the middle is on your notes it says, uh, God isn't afraid to test. <clears throat> Excuse me, God isn't afraid to test. I think we can even broaden that to say that in the middle, tests happen. And so, uh, so God isn't afraid to test. Here's what's interesting about the text. We, we, read it in, uh, we read it in Hebrews 11, but we also read it in Genesis 22. It says that God tested Abraham. Now, if you grew up in church um, or if you've ever seen a poster at a Christian store, this this, these posters of God will not give me more than I can handle. You guys ever seen that? Maybe some of you guys have it tattooed on your back, right? <laughs> this idea that God will never give me anything more than I can handle. Could I say this morning that that could be nothing further from the truth? In fact, every character that God uses in the Bible, they were placed in a predicament that they could not handle on their own. Moses, he's standing at the edge of the Red Sea, has to lead two million plus people over it. How many of you guys know that's a test bigger than him? David's standing before the giant, and he has to slay this giant. How many of you guys know that that test was bigger than David? And so there's sometimes in life when we are tested, and the test typically takes place in the middle. There's something, there, there's the, it's typically never the beginning, it's never the end, but there's this place in the middle where we begin to have to test our faith to see what it's made up, really. Peter actually says that, he says that, that testing, it, it tests our faith, trials test our faith, like the purity of our faith. And so, these, these tests, uh, that, that God isn't afraid to test. He, he, he tests Abraham to see, Abraham, how are you going to respond? Now, it is important to understand that God tests, but he doesn't tempt. Right? James 1 says that God does not tempt us. And so that simply means that God is not going to dangle something in front of you that he knows that you have no strength to overcome. And say, come and get it. That's not God's heart. Like he doesn't want to tempt you. Tempting is designed for you to fail. Because you and I, we don't have enough willpower and strength. No matter, even if we're like, no, I do have enough. No, we don't. We don't have enough willpower to deny our flesh. And so when we're tempted, it's, we're automatically set to fail. But So God doesn't tempt us, but he tests us sometimes. And those tests aren't designed for us to fail. Those tests are designed for us to grow. Those tests are designed for us to elevate, right? Like when you're in school and you take tests, you take tests to go to the next level. 
And so sometimes there's some tests that we got to take, not for us to fail and to feel bad about ourselves, but because God wants us to get to that next stage, that next place that he has for us. And so in the middle comes times of test. Here's what else uh, that we see in the middle, that God's not afraid to ask. God's not afraid to ask. Here's what I want you to see about this. It's crazy. God finally gives Abraham his promise, one of the promises, the kid, Isaac. Finally gives it to him. They finally have their son. And once Abraham finally gets the promise that he, that he was waiting, God, waiting for God for, waiting God for, waiting for God. <laughs> you know what I mean. It just feels weird saying um, in that moment, God is like, Abraham, you know that promise I gave you? Yes. Now I want to see if you trust me. And he's like, I want you to give me your son. Wait, what? God, you just gave him to me. I want to see where your faith is in my life. See, I think it's very easy, at least for me, I can only speak for myself, but when I think about faith, it's very easy to think about faith as something that I'm just receiving, right? Like, I want to have faith to step out and to receive what God has for me. And I think for a lot of us, at least for me, that's how I think of faith. My faith is about receiving. But can, can I propose to you this morning that what if faith is more than just receiving, but it's also having faith to relinquish. So God, I don't just need faith to receive, but I also need faith to give back to you. And so Abraham, God is asking Abraham, Abraham, will you have enough faith to give me your son, the one that I promised you, the one that you've been waiting so long for, will you give him back to me? And so it doesn't say this about Abraham, but I know that if I'm in Abraham's position right now, God just asked me, he's just testing me, and he just asked me to give him something that I've been waiting for forever. Not only does that bring a sense of entitlement, right? Like, I deserve this, I waited for too long. Like, if I'm Abraham, I'm like, God, sorry, I waited way too long for you to give me Isaac. Isaac's mine. Nope, nope, he's mine. No, don't even ask for him, God. He's, he's, he's mine. Like, you promised him to me. I finally got it. He's mine. Like, if I'm Abraham, that's my response. And if we're not careful, in the middle, these tests and these stretching of our faith, if we're not careful what these things will do to us, and this is uh, kind of the heart of, of, of what I, I want us to look at, this morning is that if we're not careful, these things, these tests and these stretching, what it does is it takes us to this place of frustrated faith. Frustrated faith. And in the middle, because these things are happening and they're stretching us and, and we don't like it, what, what happens in the middle is that we get to this place where it's just stretching us and we're like, oh, I hate this. 
I just can't wait till I get to the finish mark. And this whole middle section of the journey, we look at it and it becomes this frustrated faith. I wonder this morning, have you ever had frustrated faith? That faith where you're like, God, you told me this will happen. And I'm still waiting. God, you said that I'd get married and I'm 59. Right? Like, whatever. God, you said I was going to get a better job. And I'm still waiting. God, my marriage. You said it was going to be better. Excuse me. But I'm still waiting. And it's this middle section that if we're not careful, our faith can become frustrated. And the danger about frustrated faith is that we begin to blame God for everything. We begin to blame God that he doesn't love me. He doesn't care about me. He doesn't care about my needs. He doesn't care about my issues. Oh, he, he likes so and so better. And this place in the middle becomes a place of frustrated faith. And this morning, the middle has become a place of misery for some of you. Because God, he, he spoke something to you. You haven't reached the finish mark yet. And so you find yourself in the middle. And this middle has become a place of misery. This place of frustration. But what I want to do this morning is I want to shine some light on the middle. In that the middle was never designed for you to have frustrated faith. But I believe that the middle was designed for you to develop functional faith. That it's not frustrated faith, but functional faith. Now let me define, we have the definition of functional up here. I think it's, it's a Webster, from Webster. Functional, used to contribute to the development of a larger whole. To contribute to the development. Can I propose to you this morning that the middle was not intended for you to be frustrated, but rather a place of development for the larger whole? That in the middle, whatever tests you're going through, whatever situations you're dealing with, that it was not meant to give you, to bring frustration to you, but rather it's an opportunity to develop and stretch and grow your faith. Functional faith. See, that word functional, we think about that word, and, we, and at least for me, when I think of the word functional, I think of like not perfected. I think of second best. I think of, nah, it's functional, right? Like, I don't have the car that I want, but it's functional. <laughs> and, and, and so here's this, this idea of, like, of having such a bad perception of functional when, in fact, the idea of functional faith means that you're growing and you're being stretched, and you're preparing yourself, 
for what God has next for your life. See, this morning, I want you to see the middle. Wherever you're at, wherever you're at in your journey, your faith journey of what you're believing God to do. Like, I want us to have a better perception of the middle. Because the middle, it's growing us. The middle is our functional faith. It's developing us. So when I don't see God responding the way that I want him to, in the speed that I need him to, that's okay because he's developing something inside of me. When I don't see God responding and the healing that I need, that's okay because he's developing something inside of me. When my marriage is still the same way, I, I don't have to get discouraged because I know he's developing something. Come on, functional faith. Developing it to get to the place where God wants it to be. The middle. There's something beautiful found in the middle. That as long as we have the right perspective, the middle could be a place of growth. It could be a place of hope. See, for a lot of you, maybe you're like me. I can't stand the middle. I'm that type of person that I'm just thinking about the end. And there's so many moments and memories that I've missed out on because I was so focused on the beginning or the finish that I forgot about the middle. There's so many lifelong lessons that I could have learned if I just embraced the middle. This morning, I want you to know that the middle doesn't have to be a place of frustration, but it could be a place of development. And so I want to read this verse to you. In fact, when you read, listen to the podcast today, it's the same verse that, that we shared, but Romans 8.28 says this, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose. I love that. That we know in all things, the tests, the, the asks of God to relinquish, like in all things, God will work it out for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Like he cares for you. Like he cares what you're going through. Like he cares what you're going through in the middle. And he just wants you to have faith. One more verse and I'm going to pray. This is Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. It's possible to please God apart from faith. It's, it should say it's, it's impossible. It does say that. It's impossible to please God apart from faith. And why? Because anyone who wants to approach God must believe both, so there's two things that you got to believe. Both that God exists, but watch this, that he cares enough to respond to those who seek him. He cares for you. He cares enough of what you're going through in the middle 
He cares enough to respond to those who seek Him. I don't know what your middle is. But I know that if you hang on, if you have faith that God exists, and if you have faith that He cares about and wants to respond to your needs, that you can make it through the middle. And you can make it to that place of the promise of what He has for you. Come on, functional faith, we're developing. Amen, somebody? Thank you for listening to Message Rewind. Come back every Monday night at 5 p.m. to hear the latest message from Discovery Church.